You're listening to Questions on the Way podcast with Greg and Jeremy. Hey, what's up, our podcast fam? It's Greg and Jeremy here. The first time that we're coming at you remotely. So yeah. we're, in, we're in two different locations. This is Duo this is studios strange. today. <laughs> yeah. Studio one and studio two, or is this three and four? I don't know. Uh, we'll call this three and four. No, okay. Yeah, whatever. Something like that. And That's it good. only took us, what, 40 minutes to get <laughs> the audio yeah. figured out. That's <laughs> not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah we're good at this. Uh, anyways, no, we got, a, we got a couple really good questions today. And I think they're mostly, uh, would you say, my questions? Uh, Tiffany's questions? I don't know. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I really think it stems from um, once I started preaching, I've had uh, people approached me saying, Hey, how, how do you study the Bible? Was, was kind of, I think the catalyst for this question. So it's not from any one specific person, I guess, but it comes from a few different places. Okay. Yeah. So today's question is how do you, how do you normally study the Bible? But I had a question actually before that of question. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause if you didn't so, have one, I'd have one. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Well, maybe we should start with yours. What's yours? Well, you know, in this in this day of uh, social distancing, if you will, <laughs> um, uh-huh. what's uh, what's been your your favorite uh, activity that is something that maybe you wouldn't normally have done that you find yourself so, <laughs> doing more of, maybe? <laughs> yeah. So actually, that's actually a really funny one. Um, so where I live, there's a little bit of a hill, and the hill goes. Um, down a road and then to a cul-de-sac. So there's a drain in this cul-de-sac. And uh, what my son and I have been doing is we've been making a river. And so, because right now we're in the breakup season where it's starting to get a lot of ice melt. Yes. And so so what better thing to do than to carve a shovel-width river about an eighth of a mile long, I would say, all the way down this road, through the cul-de-sac and into the drain. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, and I, then, think, I think you maybe need to describe breakup to people not from Alaska. Cause I know before I came up here, like, and people are talking about breakup, like I had never heard that. I had no idea what that was until I went through it. Oh, really? That's no, that's pretty funny. So I suppose that in a lot of places they don't have what we see as a breakup, but basically it's when we have all the snow and ice that's accumulated over our nine months of winter. Uh, it's finally starts to heat up enough to where it starts to melt. And when that melts, um, sometimes at nighttime, it makes new ice jams that go across roads and stuff like that. But yeah, everything's just starting to melt off and drip and making icicles. And that's really, yeah. And I think didn't it originally like come from like the rivers, like the rivers are just compacted ice. And it's literally, literally the time of year where the rivers are breaking apart. Like that ice that's been over them for the year starting Mm -hmm. to break up. I always relate it to like the roads because imagine like, you know, how many we've gotten, what, like over 80 inches of snow in Anchorage this year, just like in town. And so all that gets, you know, it gets plowed off the roadways, but it gets compacted, especially in the neighborhoods. And so you start getting, I mean, like, you know, these four or five inch (laughs) thick chunks of ice, like on the road, that's like breaking apart and like just messy, real messy. It's really good for your car's suspension, but yeah. Um, breakup. I have a friend that grew up on uh, a river here called Willow. Willow Creek. It's really a Creek that flows into another river, but, uh, uh, 
he grew up on Willow Creek and Willow Creek's pretty wide. And every year, uh, Willow Creek, a lot of times will, the ice will break up and then it will jam up the whole river. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when that breaks loose, uh, it could create this huge wake of water. And sometimes it wipes out houses and everything. So, so you've been doing your part to speed the flow through your shovel wide river in your cul-de-sac. Yeah. Yeah, we've been, we've been pretty serious about it this year. It's awesome. So, um, I had a question and this question actually ties into, um, in a roundabout way, uh, how you study the Bible. And, uh, the question that I have is oftentimes you've talked about when you've done your running, like when you ultra run or when you hike, and I know exactly what you're talking about, but somebody that's a non-Christian might not, but you've talked often about like feeling Christ's presence Yeah, when, when you're doing these activities in particular, or when you're, when you're delving into the word. So I was just curious, what is that? What does that feel like for you? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, you know, for me in nature, you know, just kind of like pigeonholing into this, this one experience, cause I, I think there's other ways that I feel the presence of the Lord, but, um, I'm wired in such a way that when I'm, when I'm outside and, you know, just like I'm in the natural element, I mean, God made all that. And I just, I just connect, my soul just connects, you know, I feel like I'm more, you know, in the moment, you know, I, I typically don't listen to any music while I'm on a run. I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. do. Uh, I just stay ears open, um, just listening and, you know, some of the time that's just like listening to my body. Uh, but a lot of times I feel like if I'm intentional to think about the Lord and to, you know, open up a conversation in prayer, um, that he meets me in that place, you know, that, that I just, through prayer, like there's thoughts that might be inspired and I'm kind of like, well, that's, is that, you know, is that my thought or is that the, you know, thought from the Lord? And, you know, a lot of times, and we're going to talk about this a little bit today, but testing things against truth. And so, you know, he'll bring Mm -hmm. scriptures to mind, and just different things, but just knowing that I'm in, I'm in God's creation, uh, is just, I don't know, it just, it connects and I don't, I can't really put my finger on it, but I just, I think it's just knowing like God made this, that I'm enjoying it. And, um, yeah. So, um, and I know that you've often talked about when you, when you do read the Bible, kind of getting into our question here, yeah. uh, when you do read the Bible or study the Bible, you like to do that in the morning because you feel like that actually that brings about that presence more strongly. Yeah, I do like to start the day with prayer and being in the Word. It's just if you if you look for internet articles like how to start your day, you know, it's like the first five ten minutes of your day are like so important. And if the first thing you do is pick up your phone and jump on social media, or you pick up your phone and start checking work emails or you know, whatever it is. It seems like we all wake up and pick up our phone because for most of us, that's an alarm clock. Right. But then, I, you know, I would really recommend, you know, then put that down and just just pray. Just thank God for a new day. You know, just kind of enter into that that conversation. And if you can carve out time in the beginning of the day, and I know some people can't, but for me, that's really helpful to start my day that way because then I'm in that that posture and that position of gratefulness and mm-hmm. center, trying to center on the presence of God and like looking for him throughout the day, as opposed to, 
you know, sometimes we wake up and we, you know, we've got kids and so maybe you get woken up or maybe there's some, you know, family crisis that's happening. Someone's sure. yeah, someone's screaming because <laughs> it's the wrong kind of cereal or whatever, who knows, <laughs> um, can't get their socks on. Uh, right. And sometimes, and so, but I think, you know, even in that moment, like, obviously you're not going to be like, hold on while I crack open the word, but like we can, (laughs) we can pray and we can focus on like, God, help me to see you in everything today. Help me to experience your love. And it's just a quick way, I think, to, to center on, on Christ and, um, yeah, what he wants to do in that day. Oh yeah. That's super good. So I suppose continuing on then, then what does it look like when you, so you say that you, you start your day with, uh, with getting in the word and then maybe saying a prayer Mm -hmm. to God, like, okay, Hey, um, let me center my day on you. And then, uh, and then what? Well, I want to, I want to make a distinction here because you know, we're, we're kind of talking, I think what we're talking about now is like, you know, having a quiet time, um, having that, mm-hmm. that personal time, uh, with the Lord, which I think is so important. And I think, I think it's really important that we, that we do that, whether it's the beginning of the day, the end of the day, you know, I know for you, I know you like to read the word at the end of the day and like, that's a perfect mm-hmm. time to unwind and reflect on the day. And, but you know, quiet time, I really, I really think there's a, a very clear distinction between quiet time and studying the Bible. I think it's two different things. You know, I, I like, I like to say, you know, um, quiet time is like, uh, going on a date, right? Going on, going on a date with God where you're, you know, you're just, maybe you read a Psalm, maybe you read the Proverbs, you're reading something, you're spending time in prayer and you're kind of being inspired, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that's like going on a date. Like it's exciting. It's fun. You know, you're getting to know someone, right? Um, but studying the Bible I really look at it more like that's going to school, right? Mm. Going to school, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's really tough, you know? And so it's like, but, but studying the Bible is like, this is where we're going to school. This is where I'm doing the work to really deep dive into the word of God and what he says uh, so that I can know the Bible. You know, when we, when I first started thinking about this question, and, uh, you know, how to study the Bible, you know, the first question I always think is like someone being like, well, why should I study the Bible? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I know Jesus as my savior, you know, I'm born again. Um, you know, why is that important? And that's a question that people might have like, well, you know, I go to church or I listen to podcasts or whatever, but, um, I think the Bible's really clear. And we talked about this in our Bible episode, uh, a few, a few episodes ago, uh, second Timothy three sixteen that says that the word, that, that the Bible is, the word is breathed out by God. And it's profitable yeah. for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. And the key there is training, right? We need to be trained sure. by the Word of God. We need to, and the only way you can be trained by the Word of God is to know what it says. The only way to know what it says is to read it and to, you know, and just reading even then, that's not enough. It's like to study it, to really know what God requires of us, um, because it is the instruction manual for life. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. buying like uh, some complex, you know, tool that you've never used before, you become aware of this tool that's like, man, this is going to change my life. Like, I need this tool. I need to use this tool, <laughs> right? And that's like, imagine like coming to know Jesus, right? It's like me, like this, this tool is going to give me meaning for, and hope for the rest of my life. And it comes with an instruction oh, sure. manual and you unpack the tool and it's in 27 different pieces and you just like, are like, all right, I got the tool. I'm good to go, right? It's like, no, <laughs> if you want the tool to change your life, you've got to spend time in the manual. You've got to read the manual you know, you've got to know what it does. And there's always those quick start guides, right? 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so a quick start guide could be just like reading the Bible. And that's great. I mean, I think it's really important to just read the Bible, but it's like, if you don't get into like the details of the manual, you're not going to know what the tool can do, right? You're not going to know. And so jumping jumping in the analogy to the Christian lifestyle, it's like, you know, we, we know God and like the Bible says that like, you know, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, capital W, the word, the word was, was with God and the word was God. That word is Jesus himself. And that's made manifest us in the Bible. And so it's like, if I want to have the right relationship with Jesus, if I want to embrace the full impact of everything he can do in my life and change my life from the inside out, I've got to know what he says and the way that, and I got to know who he is and the way that I know who he is and what he says is by studying his word. Yeah, by studying it. I think probably the very first thing that we start with then is reading, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, there's three things I think that are that are important. I think reading the Bible and just like, you know, mm-hmm. like a bulk reading plan, like just reading through the Bible in a year. Now, you're not going to glean a lot out of that, but the Bible promises that the Word of God does not return void. Like it doesn't come back empty. So if the Word is going out by you just bulk reading it, um, you're, you're, you're storing it away in your mind, right? And the Spirit is going to use that. You know, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to discern truth. Um, but yeah, bulk reading of the Word. So reading the Bible, I think, is one thing. Quiet time, I think, is important. You know, being inspired mm-hmm. by the Bible and spending that sweet time and, you know, even like singing worship songs, right, that are... And that's why I think for me, you know, worship is really important that the songs that we're singing, that we're singing back the words of the Bible. Like, I love that the old hymns were so inspired by the Bible or, you know, those phrases that we repeat over and over in a song. A lot of times those have roots in what the Bible says. So that's that quiet time and inspirational time being inspired by the Bible. And then the third one is studying the Bible, right? Because we need to study. We need to know what it says. We need to know what it's supposed to do because the goal of, of us as Christians and what the Bible says is to obey it, to do what it says. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Second Peter 3.18 says, um, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we grow in the grace and knowledge of him, we should, we should obey him. So how can we obey, you know, how can we apply those instructions if we don't know what they are? So that's, I think, those, those, those three things. Bible reading, like just bulk reading, quiet time, you know, being inspired by the word, and then Bible study, which is what we're talking about today. Sure. And so th- with that Bible study, are, do you just have the, the 40 different flavors of a uh, highlighter when you're reading the Bible? Is that what you do or how do you do that? Man, how do you it, do that part? So I, I want to be careful today. Like, so the, the, what I'll talk about as far as like how, how to study, I'll give some, I want to give some principles. You know, I think we've, we've kind of gotten into like why we should study, but the how is, is going to look very different. There's different ways to study the Bible and some of the ways that I talk about today might not be the best ways for someone else. Yeah, no. And, and I understand that what both of us are teachers. We know that people learn differently. I'm just, I'm asking how, how Jeremy studies the Bible. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah. I, I think bef- before I get into that, I wanted to, to make a point of, of, you know, reading and studying the Bible and, you know, the goal obviously to, to obey. Um, but I think another thing is, you know, to know truth. And this kind of goes back to that importance Mm -hmm. of, you know, well, why should I study the Bible? Like I'm a Christian. I listen to a sermon once a week, you know, I listen to worship music in my car. Um, but we need to know truth. You know, the Bible makes it clear that we need to have an answer to people who ask about our hope. And so, Mm -hmm. 
I love Acts 17, 11. Um, Luke, who's the author of Acts, is talking about these two groups of Jews, and he's saying this one J- group of Jews in this one church, it says that they receive the message with eagerness and examine the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Oh, so wow. not only are they receiving the word, but it's outlining the importance of like receiving, you know, truth, like a message or whatever, but then actually studying is like, is this what the Bible says? Like, it's important to discern truth and not just be like, oh yeah, the pastor said it. So it's true. It's like, no, you need to make sure that you know it's true because the Bible said it. Uh, Ephesians six seventeen. I love the armor of God is talking about the sword of the spirit. And it's like, you know, the, like it's our weapon for battle. Well, what is the sword of the spirit? It says that's the word of God. Well, the word of God is the Bible. So the way that we wield our weapon of, of, of the gospel of the truth of Jesus Christ is by knowing the word of God. Oh yeah, that makes total sense. That's good. And then going along with that analogy, Hebrews 4.12 is, is one of the verses I really love. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. Uh, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So hmm. reading the Bible and knowing the Bible, it's like, can you think about like that division of like soul and spirit? Like that whole concept is kind of like, are we soul and a spirit or do we just have a soul? It's like the Bible is active and alive. It can divide even that tight knit soul and spirit. You know, it can, it can divide, you know, joint from marrow, but it judge, you know, judging the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So giving us discernment um, is so important. And then piggybacking on that, I know I'm kind of on a, on a roll here, but piggybacking on that. You're doing that, so good. It's like, Preach it. we, we, <laughs> we can't have that discernment if we don't have the spirit of God in us. And we don't have the spirit of God in us unless we have received the free gift that Jesus mm. provides of his grace and forgiveness of sin. But Luke 24, 45 says, this is Jesus when he's speaking to the men on the road to Emmaus. It says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. So, this is just a little side note here, but if you're finding yourself reading the Bible and it's not making sense and you're just like, I don't get it, you might not truly know Jesus Christ because exactly. the Spirit provides mm-hmm. discernment and revelation in His Word. And so, you know, John six sixty three, the Spirit gives life. It says, the words I've spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. So it takes that flipping of the switch, that regeneration of the heart and mind where the Spirit enters us um, because we've embraced who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And then we can read the Bible and, be, and like actually be like, oh, and like the Spirit will bring to light those things that he wants us to understand. So I think it's so, so important. We, you know, you can't just pick up a Bible and read it and like know God and who he is. Like you have to have the enlightenment of the Spirit inside you, which comes through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So speaking of the Holy Spirit, I mean, that's why I brought up what I brought up kind of at the beginning of the podcast with that presence that uh, you feel. I think, you know, a lot of times people might think, oh, no, that's that's crazy. You can't feel the presence of God, especially to a non-Christian, you know. But uh, back to your point, no, that is absolutely a true and real feeling but as somebody that's a non-Christian, if the Holy Spirit is not in you, you do not know what we're talking about. Yeah. And so um, that's just one of the gifts that you have when you become a Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, so, it's so important to, to have it make sense. You know, I was saying about how the importance of like prayer and Bible study, because, you know, it's almost like you have these two sides. You have, you know, Bible study and prayer, and they go hand in hand and like, you know, knowing God, knowing who he is and having a conversation, right? Because he's mm-hmm. not 
currently on earth in a physical form. I can't make an appointment and go have a chat, you know, with, with God. And so I find him through his word, you know, and, and through prayer. And so you've got these two sides and, you know, imagine like a, like then the edge of a ridge, it's really important to walk up the center of the ridge, because if you fall off to the one side towards just studying the Bible, right? Just Mm -hmm. like just finding truth in the word, you're going to fall off on the side of legalism. And legalism is that dependence on moral law to, to define uh, who you are. And there are, there are denominations and churches and people throughout history that have fallen off on that side of legalism. But if you fall off on the side of prayer where you're only praying, you're not testing anything against the word of truth. You're only praying, you're only worshiping, you're only being inspired. You're going to fall off on the side of spiritualism, you know, which is ungrounded spirituality. And you're going to think, all kinds of things are the voice of God and the presence of God. And so it's really important to be in prayer and in the word to balance that spirit and truth, balance that head knowledge with that heart knowledge, you know, what God says and who God is, which only comes in developing that relationship uh, with Jesus. Oh man, that's really good, Jeremy. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is, that makes, it, it is a balance. And I think that in life in general, we forget about balance. Yeah. And it makes sense that God didn't intend for us to lock us into a room and to just, uh, pray or study. Yeah. But just to be, you know, amongst each other. Now all those things make the perfect balance of a Christian life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So to, I think to get back to your question then of like, you know, how the, what's the practical, what's the nuts and bolts, which is actually the question and like, how do I study the Bible? My first tip that I would say is, is to emphasize the importance of context, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's the whole like picking up the Bible and like, okay, today, and you're like, boom, and it's, uh, and Gad came that day to David and said to him, go up, raise an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. Okay, that's what I need to do. I need to go make an altar to the Lord. Who's, who's Aruna? Uh, and where can I, you know, you can't, context is super important. Where does the verse fall in scripture? What are the verses that came before it? What are the verses that come after it? Who is it written to? Um, you know, what was the time period? What was the culture? So context is always really right. important. We don't want to take the word of God out of context. So it's spending some time to to dive into, okay, what's the context? Um, and then I use what's called the inductive method of Bible study. And the inductive method just uh, says you you read the word, you're making observations, and you're drawing conclusions. So you're reading hmm. something, you're saying, you know, well, it looks like it says this, this, and this. Well, what does that mean to me now? What did that mean then? You know, it's just, and this is, so the, the tips I'm going to give are kind of like the practical steps of how we, how we use this, this inductive method. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I have, I'm following. I have seven, seven steps. And uh, personally, I really, I use about five of these pretty consistently when I, when I'm studying the word and, you know, most of the time now, you know, I do do some personal study. Um, but I find myself studying the word the most when I'm preparing, uh, to preach because you, you really have to know what the, what the passage says and what you're, what you're using. And I preach in a style which is called expository style. And so expository means you go to the word and you preach what the word says. Um, mm-hmm. another style of preaching is, um, there's a word for it. I don't know what it is cause I don't use this style, but like, it's like a thematic style where it's like, I want to talk about tithing. So then I'll go in and I'll look for all the places the Bible talks about tithing. 
there's oh, there's nothing wrong with that, but um, one of the things that can happen is if you're looking for things to support what you want to say, out of context, you're going to be able to mm-hmm. find them, right? And we've all probably heard preaching where we're like, I don't think that's what it says, you know? So I'm kind of, this is under the umbrella of um, studying to preach, but honestly, we all need to be studying to know God's word and what it says. And so these are good ways, you know, these are, these are my seven, the seven steps. So are you ready? Oh, I am. Re- I am so ready. Okay. <laughs> so step one is, is background. And this is kind of establishing the context. And so like who, who wrote the book? Uh, who is the audience? What was the historical context? You know, what are the verses that came before? Where does this fall in the grand story of the Bible? But like the background. Yeah, I've noticed that you do this when you preach, and it, it does make the story much more interesting if you know, okay, when we're talking about this time in Jerusalem, we're talking about, no, cobblestone streets weren't invented yet. We're saying mud streets yeah, that yeah. have animal stuff on them. Sure, you know? yeah, so, when you're talking yeah. about washing feet, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it does. So that makes, a, that makes total sense. I like that. Yeah. And coming to, you know, if you're coming to studying the Bible, um, from, uh, you know, like you didn't grow up in the church or around the church and you're coming to this just, just brand new, the background's really important, you know, to understand the story of the Bible. And the more you study, the more you're going to know the story. Um, but that's also where just that Bible reading, that bulk reading can come in handy because you can get more parts of the story more quickly without deep diving into every single thing. But background is number one. Number two is then what uh, I call personal paraphrase. So after I've kind of figured out, you know, what's happening in the background, I like to read through the verses and then I just go verse by verse and I'll just write down like what, like if I were to put this into my own words, what is it saying? And that's really helpful. Now, there's times where I've noticed that I've done this, where I put something into my own words. And then as I study further, I'm like, oh yeah, I was way off. That's not what this is saying at all. So it's like, don't worry about being correct right now. Just like make it make sense to you. Like just, I'm just writing it out. It's a personal prayer phrase, verse by verse. You know, what is, what does this verse say to me? You know, what, what do I think that it says? Uh, Number three then is, questions and answers. So as I'm paraphrasing, a lot of times I'm going to run into stuff that I don't understand. So these are questions and answers that are arising from the text. It might be, you know, it might be reading something about, about Jesus and, you know, a miracle that he did, you know, like he, uh, when he healed the, the blind man, uh, and the time where he spit on the ground and made a paste and then put the paste of mud and spit on the man's eyes. It's like, that's real weird. So like, (laughs) why did he do Right. Why did he do that? You know, what's, what's the, you know, what's behind that? So it's like, you're going to have questions and answers. If you're reading through like some, you know, the, the books that Paul wrote, right. Like sometimes I can't get through more than a couple of verses where I'm like, okay, well, what is Paul even saying? Cause it seems like he's like using circular reasoning, you know? So, uh-huh. <laughs> or like, what does this word mean? You know, if I'm reading and it's like sanctification, well, what is sanctification? Like trying to define sure. that. So I'm just coming up with like those questions. If I come up with answers here, that's great, but I might not have answers yet. It's just like, what are the questions that come to mind after I, after I paraphrase, obviously I'm doing this like in a notebook, right? This is study. This is school. I'm not just sitting and just reading and listening and thinking like I want to get answers, you know, so I have a journal that I use for this. Step four then is cross-reference. As you're reading the Bible, if you're, you know, if you have a a Bible, we'll talk about this at the end when we talk about different resources for studying, but a, a great Bible 
will have, if it's a traditional two-column Bible with the little middle column skinny in the center, like those are all different verses in the Bible that relate to verses that are on either side. And you'll see, it's almost like, you know, everyone's read a book or a paper that uses notations, right? So, you know, for example, I was uh, was reading in 1 Corinthians yesterday morning, so I'm just going to jump there real quick. So 1 Corinthians one eighteen, and the verse is, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, and then it says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I thwart. And so I'm like, okay, for it is written. So that's a good indication that this comes yeah. from somewhere else in the Bible. And if I look, there's a little letter next to it that says F. And if I pull out to the little side column, my Bible tells me that in verse t- you know, verse 19, F is cited from Isaiah 29, 14. So it gives me somewhere else to look in the Bible. It gives me kind of this, it begins me on this journey of like, where else in the Bible does, is this talked about? And so you kind of have to know your study Bible, but if you, if you have a study Bible in the beginning, it'll tell you like, what do the little annotations mean? Um, but what's really cool, and I, I love when this happens, I'll find a phrase or I'll find something and I'll start following the cross-references. And before you know it, like I've crossed reference to this verse back in Isaiah, and then that cross-references to this verse in Ezekiel, and then sure. that cross-references to... And it takes you on this path through the Bible, and before you know it, you've covered a bunch of ground and have a much better understanding, like a much more full understanding of the context and the concept uh, that the verse is talking about. So I really encourage, you know, using that cross-reference feature um, in your in your Bibles, and when you see one of those little letters, like, look, look it up. You know, really you start to start to dive into that and what they say. So that's number four. <laughs> no, that's super awesome because <laughs> as as I've been going through this journey of reading the entire Old Testament, I've actually noticed the uh, you know just knowing knowing the New Testament. I wouldn't say well, but better than I know the Old Testament. I'll read something, uh, for instance, like uh, in the book of I think it's in Kings. Yeah. where they talk about Solomon riding on David's personal uh, mule or donkey and stuff like that. And then you're like, oh, wait a second. I remember that Jesus had to ride on a mm-hmm. uh, donkey when he came into Jerusalem. Right. right. Just like how Solomon is now establishing, establishing Jerusalem. And it's just really cool how yeah. like, some, a lot of times it points right back to Jesus. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's really cool. And the more you, especially in the Old Testament, I mean, the more you read the Bible, it, it, the whole thing's about Jesus, yeah. right? You know, Jesus is the is the vehicle. You know, Jesus was is the mediator between us and God, and in the whole of the Old Testament points towards Jesus, and the whole of the New Testament describes and talks more about who He is and what He wants us to do. Um, and so, yeah, it's like just you can see Jesus like all through the Bible, and it's really cool. So cool, yeah. So step five then uh, would be, this is where I establish some insights. So these might be my own, like these might be the answers to the questions I had in number three. You know, maybe I've gotten some more insight, you know, because my paraphrase, like I said, sometimes I'm, I'm off, like it's not saying what I think it says. Um, and so the insights, uh, they might be my own, but a lot of times this is where I'll look to commentaries. Bible commentaries uh, are books that are written by, you know, um, scholars and theologians, sometimes different pastors, where they've mm. they've kind of done this process for you. And they've established kind of their own, like they've, they've looked and studied. And, you know, there's Bible commentators uh, dating back a couple hundred years. But commentaries are really good to read. And it's not the only perspective. And a lot of times what you'll find is that 
If you look at two or three commentaries, they might have two or three different interpretations. But I love, you know, John Piper actually, he has a quote where he talks about like the word of God. And I think he says it best, but he's like, studying the word of God is like looking at a mountain range and wondering what's at the top of that mountain. And then you do all the work and you climb to the top of that mountain and then you see another mountain range and you wonder Uh what's on the top of that mountain. And then you climb to that. And that's the word of God because the character of God is such that we can never understand. And so the Bible definitely leaves room for multiple uh, layers of information. And the farther you go, the more you're going to get out of God's word. And it's inexhaustible. It's infinite. The character of God is infinite. So just because you see, it's like, well, he said this and he said this, which one's correct? Well, it's very likely that both are correct, right? The ultimate thing is to go back to the word, right? You know, and, and test it against the word. And that's why knowing the word is so important. Oh, it's super good. I, I really like the, uh, the perspective that I had a previous pastor explained one time, and it's like having a kite on a kite string, right? And so your perspective gets so much broader, the higher you go up. So when you're talking mountain range to mountain range. So, I mean, my perspective might be from a kite that's at a hundred feet high or in modern days, it could be a drone, but Paul's perspective, that was at 4,000 feet and he could see it casts a much bigger range of view. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think, you know, it's important too, that you don't jump right into a commentary, right? This is, I've Mm -hmm. got this as step five because you don't want to be pigeonholed into thinking the passage is only saying one thing. And that's also why I look at multiple commentaries and I don't do it until this point because like, you know, they might be right, you know, but what I'm getting from the word as the spirit reveals truth to me, it could be just for me at that time, you know, it could sure. just apply to me and my situation. So, but I think that establishing insights and, and talking to people about it, this is a point too, where you can like be like, Hey, Greg, I've been looking at this, you know, what do you, what do you think about this verse? You know, and like talking to other pastors or trusted friends, like in getting different, different insights. So that's, that's step five. Step six and seven, I'll just hit more quickly. These are ones I think step six is, is important, uh, which is uh, personal application. You know, we've already paraphrased, mm-hmm. we've answered these questions. It can be really defining and really solidifying to after all of this study is to sit down and really write out like what you've learned, what you've discovered. This would be the point where I, if I was pre- studying for a message, where I would write out what is the message right? What is it God is showing me at this time um, from this passage? And that's that personal application. Like, what can I, what can I learn from this? You know, this is where I ask uh, some questions sometimes, like, uh, so like the application, you know, what should I do? You know, based on what I've read and what I've studied, what should I do? Who should I be in Christ? You know, where, where should I go or how can I see God at work around me? Those are some good, good questions mm-hmm. to ask, to apply. Like, the Bible's not just there. It's not just this static thing. It's a, you know, it's alive and active as Hebrews says. And so how do I apply that to, to me in this moment? And then step seven is, you know, as you go through the Bible and as you do, you know, maybe you do a systematic study where you study through like one whole book, take those, take everything you've learned um, and put it into a summary. You know, again, this is like a bigger step. This is a long-term goal, but can you imagine at the end of like five, 10 or 20 years of studying the Bible, you've got this document on your computer and your Google drive where you've just, you know, you've written, essentially you're writing your own commentary, uh, on the Bible and like what God has been teaching you, like how cool would it be to look back over time and to have this record of like what God is teaching you, what he's showing you. And it could be in a journal, but really like just taking everything 
everything and like putting it together uh, and, and then titling it, you know, titling this summary, you know, what it is, where it's from, and uh, then having that as a, as a future resource. But that'd be the, the, seven, the seven steps uh, kind of that I use. Um, and like I said, a lot of times it's the first five for sure, sometimes step six. But yeah, that's the, that's the, that's my how to study. <laughs> no, that's super good. I really appreciate that, Jeremy. Cause you know, I, and I'm actually going to, I'm going to listen to this episode again, probably didn't <laughs> write all those down a little bit better so that I could do a better job of studying. Cause it is something that I've, I've definitely struggled with. And I know that you and I, we've, we've gone through personal Bible study, just the two of us, which I think is an excellent way mm-hmm. to study the Bible just with one other friend or a Bible study group is oh, good yeah, too, but yeah, absolutely. But even just getting one other person in the room for just a, a switch in perspective really opens, opens up a lot. It seems like, Yeah. but I have, I have another question for you. Um, and I know that we're probably getting pretty close on time here, but, uh, what about then when you're listening to a message, say at church? Yeah, that's good. How do you, how do you study that? How do you record that? I know for myself and you actually, you actually told me to do this and, and it, it was almost somewhat embarrassing for me because being a teacher, <laughs> I do have an understanding of how you learn. Yeah. But you told me, you said, you said, Greg, just take a, when, you, when you're listening, just take a notebook and just write down your thoughts of what the pastor is or the preacher is, yeah. uh, is talking about right then. Yeah. And, and so I just wanted to see what that looked like for you. Yeah. I think it's really important. You know, I, I almost always have an actual, I'm a, I'm, even though I'm wrapped up in this digital world, like I, I love old school. Like I love an actual, I bring up an actual paper Bible to church. Um, and I bring an actual notebook with a pen and, and write things down. And, uh, yeah, I think just, you know, taking notes, don't, don't trust your memory. We, we, I mean, we should know we don't have good memories. No, <laughs> you know, I don't know how many times, you know, that someone's like, Oh yeah, I listened to so-and-so the other day, you know, church church. They're like, it, the message was so good. And you're like, what was it about? And like, I don't really remember, but it was just so good. It's like, okay, well, how are we going to like actually glean anything practically if we don't I'm, remember, you know, I, I'm, I'm so guilty. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so I just take little notes, you know, I definitely write down the passage where the pastor's preaching from. There are times honestly where I've been, uh, where I get into the passage and I read and I actually will start like, I'll, I'll get off on a cross-referencing trail. I'll be like, oh, what, this verse? Where's, I've heard this before. And like, I actually, and that's why I like the paper Bible. I'll actually be flipping back and forth sometimes and check out of the message because I'm like pursuing this rabbit trail of <laughs> the Bible because, but, and, and there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, that might be what God wants you to do at that moment. It really could. And that's where it comes, you know, I think the prayer in the knowledge of his word comes in, but yeah. And then I'll just, I'll just take some notes and, you know, sometimes I'll go back to those later. Um, the little notebooks that I use, I love because there's a quote in every one. It says, I'm not writing it down to remember it later. I'm writing it down to remember it now. You know, oftentimes I don't go back and look, but it just, I start recording those little nuggets and like, they might come up later. And I know that I've, I've heard this or someone has said it. Um, so yeah, listening to a message is great, but especially if they're saying something and you're like, I've never heard that before, or that doesn't sound like something I've heard before. Or there's even times where I'm in like, that doesn't sound right. You know, where it's like, sure. I've, I've actually you know, said to myself, like, eh, like it doesn't sit well with me in my spirit. And, you know, it could just be that maybe I'm receiving it differently than the preachers intended. Like, I'm sure that I've preached on things before where people are like, yeah, I don't think that's what it says, Jeremy. 
but that's a great indication, like that prompting. Don't ignore that. Like make a note and look into it later. Like what does this say? What does this mean? You know, um, look at some commentaries. What do other scholars uh, say? Because though there is absolute truth, again, that absolute truth in the Bible is, is infinite because it's the, it's the actual character of God. It's, it's his words. And so, you know, look into it and, and make sure that it is, it is true. You know, never just take someone's, someone's word, uh, for the word, you know, like even a book, you can have a book written by a Christian author. It's still really important to be like, to be sensitive and be prayerfully reading. And like, if something doesn't sit well in your spirit, find out why it doesn't mean that it's not true, but God mm-hmm. might be trying to show you something in that moment of, of, um, you know, kind of like uncertainty or discomfort with, with what's being taught or presented. I know that you've actually, you know, when I've brought things up before, maybe I've taken offense to either a message or somebody, somebody's book or something like that. I remember you actually told me, and I remember very distinctly, basically telling me to run the full gamut. Like, Greg, you need to pray into that and you need to find truth in that in the Bible and see what other people are saying Mm. about that, that are maybe biblical scholars. Run the gamut, do the research, do the work. so important. So important just to not be taking someone else's word for it, for sure. Right. Yeah. Though the Bible, and it's kind of funny how the Bible describes um, Christians as sheep, (laughs) you know, Uh like, which kind of just kind of does like give this implication, like we just follow, you know, and that's why it's really important (laughs) that, you know, even though Jesus, our physical shepherd is not um, present in, in human form, you know, still like so many warnings in the Bible about false teachers and beware of false teachers because Mm -hmm. the sheep can easily be led astray. And so that's one of the things why it's so important to study and to know the Bible. You know, scripture memory is something we haven't even talked about, but scripture memory is so good because you're, you're essentially storing God's word away. You know, there's a verse that says, your word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against you where you've stored away this knowledge of scripture, um, these passages, because the opportune times, if we're in prayer and in communion with the Holy Spirit, he will bring those things to mind and you'll be prompted Uh with a phrase. And you're like, Oh, I mean, I don't know how many times I get on Google and I'm like, you know, verse that says, you know, or what (laughs) it's like (laughs) verse about, you know, false witness, you know, verse about, and like, sure. cause I, it's like, I know that's in the Bible somewhere. And so I'll like pull it up. Um, and then I've got this reference, you know, but, but you're, you're not going to get those promptings of what God has said if you haven't put it in. Right. We're, sure. we're, you know, the, the spirit can't access knowledge that's not there. You know, I can't um, access a file on my hard drive if I never downloaded it from the web, you know, it's like, Oh, I saw this really great article about this, or I've seen this PDF graphic. And like, you're looking on your machine and we've all done it. And then you're like, Oh, I didn't download it. So it's like, you can't pull it back <laughs> up. It's the same way. The, the, the Holy spirit can't access his word in your heart. If it's not in your heart. So, right. No, so, that so total sense. That's awesome. So, well, good, man. I think, I think we covered it. Yeah, I think so too. The the thing I wanted to end with, if it's okay, was just like, you know, some some tools. You know, it's like we've got, you know, it's important to study the word, but there's definitely like we don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's some stuff out there that's really good and and um, there's more than what I'm going to talk about, but like th- these are good starting points if you're getting into studying the word. First off is you need a good Bible. You need a good yeah. study Bible. If you're wondering about the Bible and translations, we talk about that in our episode about the Bible where we throw out like what are some really good ones. But I personally like the ESV 
Um, I have mm-hmm. the ESV study Bible from Crossway, which is really good. I also have the uh, Reformation study Bible, which is also an ESV version, but it's put out by Ligonier Ministries, which is really good. And I'll, we'll link all this stuff in the, the show notes. But you need a good study Bible. Um, if you are a fan of the NIV, which a lot of people read and use the NIV, uh, the Faith Life Study Bible is a really good version uh, for studying. But you need one with cross-referencing. You know, you need a good study Bible um, that has that cross-referencing in it. Um, commentaries, uh, there's some commentaries that I like, and a lot of these you can find online. But Matthew Henry, he wrote it in late 1800s. He's one of my favorite commentaries. And I think he's probably my favorite because a lot of times what I'm thinking in a passage is what it means is a lot of times his, what he's thinking too. So I, it's kind of affirming for me to be like, well, this is what I think. A lot of times Matthew Henry is going to affirm the same things that I'm thinking. I really, I really like that. Um, but it's kind of older English, so it can be tough to get through. Speaking of older English, uh, John Calvin commentaries are, are really good. Mm-hmm. It is definitely like old English though. So you got to like kind of, you know, it's like reading Shakespeare, um, <laughs> but that's a good one. Some more common uh, or more modern ones. Uh, Warren Wearsby has a series of commentaries. Bob Utley, I really love. He just feels like it's just a down to earth, you know, just a salt of the earth kind of guy. I love his commentaries. Um, and then there's, there's some other ones out there that I don't have experience with, but you'll hear people talk about like, um, John MacArthur, you know, think what you will about John MacArthur, but he has a very trusted and reliable, very well-respected set of Bible commentaries, um, that you can find. But I think commentaries are, are, are really, are really important. Then like, as far as websites go, um, Bible Hub is really good. You can find like, if you're like, well, what does this say in a different translation? Cause sometimes I'll look at other translations, but it's really good. And it also has what's called an interlinear Bible where it will have the passage and it'll line it up with the original Hebrew or Greek. And so if you're, you know, if you geek out on words, you can like actually look up the individual words and what they mean. You know, if you're stuck on a word, um, you can get into that interlinear Bible is really cool. And, and that being said, the Strong's Bible Concordance is also really good. Strong's Bible Concordance, it's a giant volume. You can find a lot of it online. Um, actually, the Blue Letter Bible, blueletterbible.com, has a great word search feature that uses Strong's Concordance. And it's, a, again, a very well-respected, trusted concordance if you're getting into a deep dive uh, word study. And then there is software out there. Like, if you're really getting into this and you're really like, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, man, I want to preach and I really want to know, you know, the word <laughs> and get into it. Um, uh, the Logos Bible software, L-O-G-O-S, they have different tiers of levels of membership to get their software. Um, I personally am pretty overwhelmed. Like, I've got a, like a medium level subscription and like there is so much in there, but I use it, uh, access all my commentaries through that, um, do word studies, but there is a free version, which provides just very simple, um, study tools, but the Logos software, I mean, it, some of the memberships are, are upwards of like 600 bucks a year. I mean, it's like, Ooh. it's, it's a pretty much anything <laughs> ever written about the Bible. Like you can access, I mean, it's, it's nuts. Like I don't even use the desktop version because it's overwhelming. I only use it on my phone because I don't even, I'm like, I don't even know where to start. You know, um, but. speaking of phones, I, th- I think that everybody should have the U version Bible. app. Yes. If you don't already, U version Bible app is great. It, pr- it has reading plans. It has, um, devotionals on there. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. It has a whole bunch of the, uh, different, uh, Bible types. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The translations. Yeah. The, the different translations. Yeah, yeah. There we go. And it's simple because that's something you always have with you, you know, so like whip it out, you know, when you're waiting, 
I don't know. I was going to say like, uh, if you're traveling, you know, but, <laughs> no, but like, I, I, you know, a lot of times it's nice to have that Bible app with you. And, and a lot of the versions, you can have it read you the Bible, you hit the little play button. Uh-huh. And so you can have your headphones and you can just listen to the word being read. And again, the word doesn't go out void or come back void. So it's like, if it's getting into your noggin, like God can, <laughs> God can use it later. So and then the last three, and again, like I said, I'll link these, but um, I really like John Piper's website. It's called Desiring God. You can find everything on there from like mm-hmm. sermon audio to little word studies that he does, a blog. It's really good. Um, Ligonier Ministries, uh, which was the ministry that R.C. Sproul started, is, is again, real solid, just Bible teaching and studies and sermons. And then lastly, like podcasts. There's t- I love listening to podcasts just for oh, inspiration. Yeah. You know, this can't take the place and shouldn't take the place of being a part of a healthy church community. Um, but it's really cool to be able to listen to like, you know, Stephen Furtick over an elevation or, you know, Nate Edwardson at the stirring or like these different, just solid oh, yeah. teaching. That's different than what, you know, you're getting on the, on the day to day. So I listen to a lot of, uh, Rave Zacharias from, yes, uh, he's so good. Uh, yeah. R Z I M. Yeah. Yeah. Ravi Zacharias. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a ton of good ones out there. Oh yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's man. I feel like we covered a lot of ground today. Yeah, it definitely. I feel like I went through a marathon, buddy. <laughs> you right you on. have no idea what a marathon <laughs> even is. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we. So just so you guys know, we we thought this would be timely, um, just because you know we are. The reality is, a lot of us are at home. You know, we're quarantined right now, or we're you know we're self quarantining. Um, we're spending this time with our family. So let's be intentional. Let's develop some new habits uh, oh, yeah. you know, of Bible study and prayer and, you know, family devotion. Just crack open the word at family dinner and, you know, read it to your family if you're a dad and you have, or even if you're not a dad, maybe you're listening to this and, you know, you've got just you and your husband or you and your kid. Like, I don't know, but just read a passage and just say, Hey, what do you, what do you think this means? It, it does. It can be simple. Yeah. I hope that, you know, the one thing is I don't want anyone to come out of this being like, man, that was just way too much. I can't do all that. It's like, man, just read the word, pray into what it says. Um, you know, some of my best study times uh, when I was in high school, it was this, these quiet time diaries and it was literally a passage and every day it was two questions. Mm-hmm. What is this verse saying? What does this mean to you? And that was it every day. What is the verse saying? So paraphrase and like, and then what can you take away? How can you apply it? You know, how does this relate to your current situation? Oh, it's really I mean, it good. can be really, really simple. And what I know about studying the word is that the more you get into the word and you discover Jesus in the word, the more you will love the word. Mm-hmm. And the more the more you love the word, the more you will like just want to just know everything about right. it because it tells you everything about Jesus. Oh. And as we know, Jesus is is everything. Uh, absolutely. It's awesome, man. That was really good. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it was good. I appreciated the question. And um, yeah, questions on the way. We need your questions. Yeah. Uh, it's it's, tr- it's trickled a little bit in the last few weeks with what's going on. But, you know, as you're thinking about things, keep throwing out those questions. You can submit them on Instagram at questions on the way or email them to questions on the way at gmail.com. And definitely always pray for us pray for us and we'll be we're we're praying for you for our listeners specifically and uh yeah you can find us on itunes uh you can rate and review there or at anchor.fm slash questions on the way you can listen to us on multiple different platforms and uh yeah that's it cool thank you that's it thanks you guys peace take it easy (laughs) 